Hello, hello, and welcome to the Borealis Experience. I'm your host, Aurora, and I'm very excited to have Clinton with me today. We will be talking finances. Your financial health is so incredibly important when it comes to your relationships, but also your own health, your mental health. And this is why I want to raise awareness that there is so many people out there who have the knowledge and who are willing to help you, sometimes even for free, like in this case here with Clinton today, um, to, yeah, make you aware of how to get rid of your debt, on how to get a mortgage and how to be more stable when it comes to your finances. And this in turn will help you to live a more fulfilled life. Hi, Clinton. Hey, how are you doing today? I'm doing awesome. I'm very excited to be doing this episode with you because I know it's very important for people to hear your message and um, yeah, to learn about what people, wonderful people like you are doing out there and supporting people with their finances. Awesome. Well, yeah, thanks a lot for having me again. Um, this is my second episode, so I'm very appreciative. Um, I really like your podcast. I've been telling lots of people that uh, they're great and they need to check it out. So yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm very happy to be here again. So thanks for having me. Yes. Thank you for making the time. So sure, let's just jump into the most uh, juiciest part of finances. Uh, when it comes to debt, I think most of us people out there um, have debt. Um, and how would you say can debt be aggressed, uh, I wanted to say, but addressed um, quickly? How can a person feel more stable and comfortable um, when it comes to their debt and trying to yeah, tackle it? Yeah, so I mean, you know, debt from one person to another can be, you know, there's a big difference between them. So I sat down with someone who was just stressed out with their debt. They didn't know what to do. And she only had $1,500 that she owed. It wasn't very much, but she was stressed out. And I could tell she was very stressed out about it. But I, you know, I reassured her, you know, actually, you're actually in a, a pretty decent situation. Statistics across Canada right now show, you know, the average family is $30,000 in debt. And it's probably more than that now. So there's, you know, there's a lot of debt problems in Canada and uh, there's just, there, there's help out there. People don't know that there's help or where to look, but there is help, you know, whether it's budgeting, you know, trying to show them, you know, where to spend money, where not to spend money. That's great as well. Um, but, you know, when it does come down to debt, there's different options. So it depends on how much debt you have or what you want to do with your debt, but there's a lot of different options. You know, bankruptcy obviously is the last option. You don't want to go that route unless you have to, but you know, there's consumer proposals, there's debt consolidations, you know, there's loans you can get, personal loans. Um, you can even wrap up your more, your debt into your mortgage if you have enough credit. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of, lot of areas where we can help people with debt. And I've been, you know, obviously the economy here in Alberta in Canada hasn't been the greatest. It's been the worst I've seen ever since I've been alive. 
Um, and yeah, more and more people nowadays are reaching out and needing help because, uh, it's, you know, it's a tough situation right now and I'm always happy to help people. And obviously, you know, I sit down with people and help them either save money or have more money, help them out with their debt and, um, you know, changes their life. They're happy about it. They really appreciate it. And it also makes me feel good for helping people. Um, that's one of the reasons why I do what I do is because, you know, financial health is important. And it's one way that I can actually give back to the community and help out. Beautiful. Um, just yes. before the interview here, we had a little chat. Um, we were talking about divorce and how it is very difficult for people. Yeah, going through the emotional stress of divorce, but then also the financial stress that can be enormous. Um, what are the experiences with clients that you've made there? Yeah, so I mean, obviously, you know, people don't think about financial health as a health issue. Um, of course, it's money. You know, people worry about their weight or eating habits or their exercising, all that health. But when people, you know, look at financial health, you know, people that are are in debt or they're struggling, you know, that causes them stress. Um, stress can, you know, lead to de depression, anxiety, you know, social disorders. You know, a lot of people actually, when they they are in debt, you know, it changes them as a person. They don't feel whole. They don't feel complete. Um, but yeah, and then when it comes to marriages, like I'm not sure the exact statistic, but I read recently somewhere, I think it's like 50%, um, you know, most, like all marriages in Canada, you know, 50% of them end up in divorce. And that, that is a sad statistic, but we've been finding, you know, the number one reason why people are getting divorced um, nowadays is, is due to finances. You know, something happens, a guy gets laid off or you know, he doesn't have work or something, all of a sudden, you know, bills aren't getting paid, you know, the family's not taken care of, and it causes stress in the household, you know, there's fights, there's all that stuff. So that's, you know, that's kind of one area that's, you know, making divorces um, rates go up there. And I mean, it's it's a huge thing, especially today, because of the, the economy, you know, we recently in Alberta had the oil crash, you know, a lot of jobs were lost, a lot of companies left Alberta, a lot of people were laid off. And in return, now, because all these people aren't working, you know, people aren't spending the same money. Companies aren't, you know, buying stuff. So it affected all industries, such as, you know, the construction industry, you know, people, like I said, retail and, and restaurants, you know, no people aren't spending as much money in those areas. So it's affecting all industries. Um, so that's, you know, that's a big factor. So, yeah, like I said, when it comes to financial health, um, and divorces and stuff like that, you know, finances are a big thing. So, I mean, I've been following a um, Alberta family law page and I've been seeing, you know, a lot of single dads or whatever struggling, like they're, they're making like a hundred thousand dollars a year and, and they're, you know, renting an apartment sitting on a, on a uh, pullout chair because they have to give all their money to the, the mom and their kids to raise the kids and stuff. And I mean, obviously, you know, you don't want your family to go without, supplies they need but I mean you know it's it's not a system that's helping people you know a lot of people are struggling because of it mm. um and yeah like uh it like I said it leads to a lot of stress I mean the I'm not sure if other people know this as well but the suicide rates in men right now are skyrocketing you know like I say when people are stressed out they're in debt they don't know where they're getting money from but everyone's asking or forcing them to pay the money they don't have it 
you know, it causes huge stress. And like I say, a lot of people are, you know, I've, it's sad. And I see a lot of like single dads were happy people, happy family, man. And they will commit suicide because they don't know what to do. Um, so obviously, you know, that's something I want to pre- prevent. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll go out there and help people with their finances so that they, you know, they, be, they do see the light at the end of the tunnel. It's mm-hmm. tough right now. And uh, people just need to understand there's help out there. So, Yeah. Oh, man, I didn't. I mean, I was imagining that mental health is strongly being affected about, yeah, through COVID and, and the economy. But I didn't know that there were numbers out already. And that is very, yeah. very scary. So these these numbers are actually before COVID. So you can imagine COVID making everything even worse. I, I forgot to mention that before, but yeah, COVID is the next step after the oil crash, the recession, yeah. you know, the economy crashed. And now we have this COVID, which is, you know, icing on top of it, right? So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so we would, like I said, I've been seeing a lot of stuff like that. And it's sad, but uh, there's help. You know, you can reach out there and help. There's a lot of advisors out there looking to help people. And uh, people just, you know, they, they, they aren't getting the help they need or they don't they don't know what's out there or they don't know where to look. So, yeah. And I find it very hard um, to find people that you can really trust because there's lots of scammers out there. You don't want to go to your bank because you think, oh, they're going to just do it to their advantage. But then the other people that are out there pretending to help and then <laughs> not helping you at all, it's it's a jungle out there and it's very scary yeah. to, to trust someone with your money. That's why I'm very happy that we met and that I know that the crew behind you is trustworthy. Um, mm-hmm. How do you get about... Like, how do you advise a person when they come to you and say, hey, I want to learn how to save money? What are the first baby steps that a person can take in order to be more stable, um, in order to address these problems and instead of running away from them? Yeah, so it's, it's, I'm glad you brought that up because there's a huge trust issue when it does come to advising. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you go to a bank, you think they have your best interest at heart, but they don't, you know, their, their, their main job is to make the bank money. So they're, you know, they're selling you credit. They're selling you things that might not even help you. They're probably, you know, helping you get into debt. Mm-hmm. So it's a great thing that you brought that up because that's the first place people go is banks. Um, but you know, there are, there are comp- people out there that work for companies and they're being pressured by their managers to, you know, sell, sell, sell. So, I mean, you're right. You know, trust is a huge thing. Just because a person's helping you, say, getting you know, life insurance or investments, you know, they're out there to, you know, they're out there to make money for themselves. So you do see a lot of, you know, pushy people, salesmen trying to, you know, take advantage of people. So you, it's it's a big factor. You got to trust the advisor you sit down with. So that's why, you know, you want to make sure you're you're sitting with a, a nice and friendly person who's very transparent and open. And he's actually, you know, he cares about you. He He wants to make your life better. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's awesome. You bring that up. And then second point. So yeah, like what can people do? So first off, it's kind of like, it's like, it's very similar to your mental health, your physical health, you know, first of all, you need to identify what the problem is. So the first thing is, okay, I, why am I in debt? So the first thing you can look at is, you know, take a look at where your money's going, you know, create, first of all, like you need to track what you're spending your money on. 
And then that way that creates a baseline, a starting point. Okay, okay, I'm spending money here, here, and here. So this is where budgeting comes into play. You know, okay, well, I'm spending a whole bunch of money on, you know, liquor and booze or cigarettes and money, you know, for food and here and there, you know, dying out all the time. So now you know where your money's going. Mm-hmm. Now that you can make a plan to cut certain things out. Mm-hmm. So that's the first step. The second step is even harder. <laughs> so once you know you know what you're spending your money on and what you you know what you need to cut out and stuff like that, now you have to create a budget and follow it. Because mm-hmm. you know people people realize oh I spend too much money here or there, but they never put a plan in place or they don't think about it later on. It just they keep going back to their same routine. So that's why you know writing it down, making sure you see where your money's being spended, um, what you spend your money on. Then, then once you identify the areas where you need to cut back, then you can create a budget, but then you have to be disciplined. You have to follow that budget. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, a lot of people you use life coaches or, you know, financial advisors um, just to say, hey, you know, I have this much money. What should I do with it? You know, obviously we're going to say, you make sure your family's taken care of, your bills are paid first, you know, your food's bought. And so you want to prioritize things and make sure you're spending your money the right amount to right places mm-hmm. so that you know that comes down to like i said discipline you want to make sure all these things are dealt with and then the last thing you want to look at is okay now you have extra money then what can i do with it mm-hmm. so yeah all that good stuff and when it comes to investing um so now we looked at okay where is your money being spent where can you be a little more careful Uh, where can you cut back? And with the little bit of money that you have, um, would you advise that people who just struggled recently that they um, think of investing that money? Or is it safe to just keep it on the savings account and, and to wait until you have more saved up? Do you know what I'm, I'm yeah, talking so- about? Yeah, so that's a good question as well. I mean, there's a lot of areas where you can invest your money. So first off, you need to get kind of educated on what options are out there. Mm-hmm. So obviously, the first place a person is going to go to is a bank, you know, a savings account, because <clears throat> um, they think it's the most secure places. You know, there's there's just better options than the bank. So, I mean, you put your savings account at a bank in a high interest savings account, you're probably getting a quarter of a percent um, growth, which isn't much. Mm-hmm. so i mean people there's a there's a rule out there called the rule of 72 it's mm-hmm. the rule of compound growth mm-hmm. it was brought up by uh it was actually designed by albert einstein he was going to call it the eighth wonder of the world but anyways the way it works is you take your annual rate of return take the number 72 divide it by your annual rate of return and that will tell you how much your money doubles so obviously if your your money's in a savings account at a bank growing at a quarter of a percent I'm not sure exactly what the math, I think it's, you know, it's probably like one or 200 years before your money will double. Right. So there are better options out there. Um, myself, you know, I can set up tax-free savings account getting PSA portfolios doing five to like 12% rates of return. Mm-hmm. So first of all, you, you need to know your options. I mean, obviously there's another way to invest is trading. A lot of, you know, trading starting to get really popular but people are not aware that it's very risky. You know, you can actually lose most of your money when it comes to trades. If you don't know what you're doing or you don't manage your money properly, you know, things can happen and you can lose your money quick. So, you know, first off, you want to find someone that's, you know, 
very knowledgeable in investing area and you want to make sure that you're investing in a nice safe place, but you're also getting good returns because what's the point of saving money if it's not growing? Mm-hmm. So one thing I wanted to talk about is inflation, like because of our economy right now, it's not doing very well. People are getting laid off. No one's getting more money. They're getting less money, but cost of living is going up every year. So there's a huge problem with that alone. Um, but I mean, if your money's not growing more than 3% to stay on par with that inflation, your money's not necessarily growing. It's actually shrinking. It's dying, right? Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure that you're you're talking to an advisor. Um, you want to look at some a lot of different options, the ones that best fit your needs. So we actually have a statistic across Canada, you know, sitting with an advisor, talking with an advisor, um, you'll probably have five times more money in retirement. Hmm. So there's lots of, you know, there's lots of areas to invest. A lot of them have different risk tolerances with them, but you just, you got to find which one meets your needs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it could be risky investors who, who are okay to take those big, you know, gains and losses, hopefully getting those good returns. But then there's some people who are very conservative and like, they don't like seeing ups and downs in the markets. They just want to see a steady up. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can look at, you know, guaranteed interest accounts, GICs, um, stuff like that. So like I said, it just depends on what type of person you are, what your tolerance is. Mm-hmm. And then, but sitting with an advisor, they can show you all those options and then you can find a vehicle that helps meet your needs. Yeah. Awesome. What would you say is the minimum amount you need in order to start investing? Like just very... Very plain answer. If it's $100 or no, it has to be over $1,000. Um, what What is the amount where you would say, no, that's realistic to start investing? Okay, so <clears throat> that's a very interesting point you bring up. So obviously, like I said, today's economy is not very well. You know, people are struggling. Yeah. So, so statistics show in the 1980s and 1990s, people were saving about 18% of their saving, their money into savings. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, that's more like 3%. Mm-hmm. So there's a huge, huge decrease there. You know, on average, when we sit down with clients, I sit down with clients, we say, as a rule of thumb, it's good to invest 10% of your income into savings yeah. or your financial plan. Yeah. So let's see more of that comes down to a lot of things even with personal development you know running a business they tell you you want to whatever you make for the year you want to invest 10 of it back into yourself so you know reading good books taking courses personal developing becoming a better person and that's you know similar with savings um whatever your income is there's no specific dollar amount but it's whatever your income is you you know on average you should be saving around 10 percent mm-hmm. um people who can't save 10 at least start the habit because you know some people just you just need to start that habit first because once you start that habit it could be a very small amount so if people can't afford it you know we're looking at maybe five percent investing into yourself mm-hmm. um but just want to start that habit because once you do start that habit say you're saving 25 dollars a month mm-hmm. you know after a year or two you say oh, hey you know what this has been growing this has been working well but i can afford more money so maybe you want to start putting 50 dollars away so it's It's a habit you want to create because you want to create discipline. Um, you don't want to get into a habit of, you know, saving for a year and then going spending all that money. Yes. So I mean, you, it's your money you want with it. But I think the most important thing is to at least start something, start somewhere. Yeah. Um, something, something that you obviously you can afford. But like I said, you just want to start that habit, create good habits so that 
um, it just it just becomes part of your life. Yes, beautifully said. And like you said at the beginning, it's just like for mental health and your physical health, you have to have that consistency and that sense of, I want to even say self-worth to know that it is not only a rich people's thing to invest money and, and to make more money. People with less money um, can start and put money aside and create that habit and then um, get there one day. This is, um, this is very um, critical to say. Um, I wanted to ask you, um, when it comes to your finances um, and finding an advisor out there, how can people, like <laughs> I met you coincidentally here on my Facebook, but how can people... <laughs> yeah. We will make sure to put all the links and all your, your contacts in there. Um, but how do people otherwise find people like you? Because um, you're not out there advertising it on TV or radio. Um, and then secondly, what are the books um, that you would recommend us reading in order to become more uh, aware of our finances and spending habits? Um, but first of all, how can we we find advisors like you? Yeah, so that's one of the big things that kind of disappoints us about most financial companies and firms and banks. Mm -hmm. So there, there are some big names out there. I don't want to mention names because I'm not here to badmouth anybody. But, you know, some of the big banks, some of the, the main financial companies that you recognize the names, you know, They won't even sit down with you unless you have a hundred or two hundred thousand dollars sitting in a checking account. Yeah. So first off, you know, there's there's people out there who, you know, they're only looking for high net worth people. So that leaves, you know, the middle market and everyone else out of it. Mm -hmm. So there's no money in it for advisors to go help a broke people. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of one disappointment there. Huge. Um yeah, so I I mean, myself, you know, I see our company, I see a huge disconnect there. Yeah. So I just like to go out and meet good people, have good conversations. You know, I'm not here to push or sell anything on people, but by just by talking to them, you find out that they're struggling either with a job or their finances. And I just, you know, I just try and provide solutions for people, you know, like, hey, maybe you should sit down. Maybe I can help you out. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I'm not picky. I'm not going to go. It doesn't matter if you have a lot of money or less money. I actually want want to help those are the people that need to help the most mm -hmm. um but the, you know there's there's a lot of people out there even even people that have their finances in order you know we i can even help those people out because like i said looking at a second opinion you know you sit down with the first advisor you take their advice and you think they're golden but they mm -hmm. only told you about their options so there's other options out there so it's It's good to have a second opinion, you know, get second opinions from other people because there's a lot of options out there people aren't aware of. Um, so there's that one thing as well. Another thing too, you know, when sitting down with some advisors, they, you know, they have a fee. You know, people need to pay a fee to sit down with them. And I mean, if you, you know, a lot of their expertise is valuable, but you got to pay for it. Like there's broker fees on top of everything, right? Mm -hmm. um, so obviously it's, you know, more, more of the wealthy people that they're taking care of. And we see a big problem with that. Um, so like I say, I just, you know, I look for people who are struggling, 
people that need the help. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, there's a lot of people out there who think they have their finances in order because they sit down, but I'm like, you know what? There's better options out there. Let's take a look at your financial plan. They might be set up, but I can show them better options that either helps them save more money now, mm-hmm. or I can put, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars more on their retirement account so that they have save more money or just have more money. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like I said, it's um, another thing too, you know, you're not going to get help with your finances unless you reach out and ask people. Mm-hmm. So it's not just, you know, those companies reaching out to you, you know, sometimes you got to, you know, bite the bullet and be like, Hey, you know what? I could use some help and then go look for it yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of resources out there, but you just, you just got to be careful who you talk to. Like you said, it's all about trust. So, I mean, you go to a company, a big company or a bank, you know, you're sitting down with an employee that you don't even know. Mm-hmm. So they're just there to do business with you. Whereas, you know, I like to get to know people. I like to learn about your friends and family, see how your summer's going. I keep in touch. Um, And I like to create that friendship bond and that trust relationship because I want them to know that I am there to help them. I'm, you know, their needs come first. Mm -hmm. Um, And another thing too, you know, there's like a lot of banks and those big companies um, once they sit down with you and help you out, you know, they've made their money, you know, they'll pro- you'll probably never hear from them ever again. Mm-hmm. You know, finances change, like even six months or a year, your finances change. So I make it a habit to at least follow up every three to six months, you know, first of all, to keep that relationship. You know, I like, I like to actually be friends with the people I help. I'm just that type of person. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I like to see how things are going. Hey, is anything changing in your life? Hey, do you need help in this area? You know, Things, things happen and I'm always there to help people. So yeah, like I said, it's just people just aren't aware that there is help out there. They just either need to find those people or reach out. So Yeah, no, that's very, very good. And um, what about some books that you read um, that changed your yeah, mindset when it comes to finances? Um, can you recommend? Yeah, so yeah there's some good books so one of the book that comes to mind is called and a lot of people don't know this is out there mm-hmm. but it's called the 10 10 secrets canada revenue doesn't want you to know about uh-huh. so just an example i mean it's a small book i think it's really hard to find but i think you can get it on amazon mm-hmm. um but i've heard it is a little bit harder of a book to read because obviously the government doesn't you know they want your tax money right <laughs> So it's it's just a book. It's a book money. It's a, a book that teaches you how to you know cool strategies people use to save money on taxes. So just an example, you know, life insurance is there to protect your family and stuff in case something were to happen. But some of life insurance products I have come with an investment portion attached to it. So yeah. these are called insurance tax shelters. Yeah. So it's another way to tax shelter your money. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, without the government getting their fingers in it. Mm-hmm. um that's just one you know one tip i think that's secret number eight secret yeah. number nine you know is being self-employed you know mm-hmm. being an employee you're getting taxed 30 to 40 percent but if you were to you know you say you worked a trade or you did a specific job that no one else could do you could actually break off of that company start your own company when you're self-employed or a business owner you get taxed 15 20 percent mm-hmm. so right off the bat you're getting taxed less being self-employed um, I mean, there's, there's pros and cons between being an employee and self-employed. Yeah. Um, but one of the big ones is, uh, you know, your how much you're getting taxed. So, I mean, as an employee getting taxed, say you make a hundred thousand dollars a year, you're getting 35%. Mm-hmm. 
you're only taking home 65,000. Yeah. But if you're making $80,000 and you get in tax 15%, you know, you're, you're taking home the same amount of money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there, that's a good book as well. Another one is uh, there's a guy called Darren Hardy mm-hmm. and he's wrote some books. I believe the three most popular ones he's written are called the entrepreneur roller coaster. Mm-hmm. That's more so how to run a business and, you know, just be a good person and all that stuff. But the other books that uh, really helped me out was called The, the Compound Effect. Mm, very good. So that book was huge in my personal development. Um, not only does that help, you know, people's finances or success, it also helps with your relationships and lifestyle. Mm. So remember how before I told you about what, you know, if people are struggling with debt, what's the first steps you can do? When I say, you know, first off, write down what you're spending your money on yeah. so that you can create a baseline. Then you can create ways to to what you need to cut out and then you can make a plan to move forward. I've learned all that from the compound effect. So it's to do with, you know, money and finance, but also to do with your lifestyle as well. You know, relationships with people, your bad habits and stuff like that. So that was a huge one. It teaches you more of a discipline, you know, how to, how to be more aware of what you're spending money on or, you know, anything to do with that. So that was a good book. And there's another one called living your best life ever by Darren Hardy. Mm-hmm. I haven't read that book yet, mm-hmm. but it's more like a peak performance kind of thing, kind of deal. So mm-hmm. Darren Hardy is, I think he's the president or owner of a, a magazine called Success Magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, he's just, you know, he started out as a realtor. He did some of these, you know, I think he used to sell water filters and stuff like that. I think he did Amway for a bit, mm-hmm. um, but he ended up being a realtor because that's what his family business was. But then, he, you know, he branched off and now... He goes off and he interviews wealthy people, people that are making lots of money or succeeding in life, and he picks their brains because mm-hmm. he wants to know how people become successful. And then he writes books and he teaches everyone else how to be successful. So those are some good books that I've read that helped mm. um, finances and stuff like that. Very, very good. Man, this was a very precious, I feel, um, for all of us listening, like for me as well, like a lot of stuff that I was not really aware of. And um, yeah, very precious information you uh, shared here with us. I will make sure to put all your contact info in the show notes. Uh, So don't wonder if people are starting to reach out to you, hopefully, (laughs) if they have. I would would really appreciate that. I'd I'd be happy to help more people, obviously. Yes, no, yeah. and um, especially in those tough times that we are all trying to navigate through. And yeah, we'll also put your uh, book recommendations in there because I feel they're very insightful and, and would help more people out there. Thank you so yeah. much for being with us today. And um, yeah, we'll talk very soon again. Awesome, yeah. Again, thanks for having me. I hope you uh, I hope you found lots of value out of that. And I hope a lot of your viewers can, you know, take some tips and I hope it helps them as well. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this interview. I hope it brought you, yeah, insight and hope when it comes to your finances. Don't feel alone with this. We're all together in this. And yeah, as you heard, there's people out there are willing to help you, willing to make you feel and be more resilient with your finances. 
in the future. Subscribe, rate and review this podcast if you love it and if it became part of your life and bringing you joy and relaxation, self-reflection. Thank you so much. Aurora.